Well, hi, everyone. This is Daniel Williams, senior editor with MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. We are back again with the Ask MGMA segment and show that we do. We've got Christy Good, who's a senior advisor at MGMA. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. We're recording this on Monday after Thanksgiving. How was that? Good. How about you? Wasn't too shabby. There were only three of us here, so we didn't uh, do a whole meal here. We just went out to uh, Seasons 52 restaurant here in Denver, <laughs> and uh, they had a full spread, although I got a flatbread pizza for <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> so little little alternative version of Thanksgiving for us, but our daughter was in town for the Thanksgiving break from college. And so she was here for like seven days. It was pretty awesome. Um, did you have a big uh, meal? What'd you end up doing? Um, we had hockey for six days during oh, the gosh. Thanksgiving week <laughs> and had, still fit a meal in. So. Good gracious. Okay. A lot of hockey. Well, did y'all win any uh, games there? Uh, we, we played six, we played a total of probably uh, 10 games between two kids and my youngest took third and the, their team took third. Wow. It, Congratulations. Yeah, so, so that, that was is good. So cool. That's awesome. Yeah, busy That's weekend. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I know that for Ask MGMA, just to refresh everybody's mind, that's where uh, MGMA members post questions. They go to the MGMA website and they click that, uh, I believe it's a green button um, that says Ask MGMA on it. You can fill things out and then that gets filtered to Christy and other MGMA experts so they can answer the questions y'all have. So please do that. Please reach out to us and let us know when you have questions. You can also, how else can they get in touch with you, uh, Christy, for things? Um, well, they can uh, email advisor at mgma.com. And they can always uh, phone our customer service team at MGMA, and that team will forward it on to the right people as well. Okay. And then Christy and I are also looking at potentially uh, weaving in episodes of this particular show where maybe one of y'all joins us. So if you do have questions, if you'd want to be part of that, email me, dwilliams at mgma.com. I'm going to put all of these links in our episode show notes so you can just click right on them, reach out questions, go to uh, Christy. Um, that's that. Uh, what is it again? Advisor? Advisor at mgma.com. Okay. And if it's to appear on the podcast, email me at dwilliams at mgma.com. Just wanted to provide that uh, service for y'all and would love to have some of y'all join us on the show uh, as we move into 2024. So, Christy, as I mentioned, we've got some things on AI that came in. Tell us, kind of shape what the question was. What were the MG, What was the MGMA member looking for in this particular question? Sure. It was actually a really good question. She um, wrote in asking about the use of AI scribes. So how to use AI in dictation and do we need to have some kind of consent by the patient to use an AI scribe, which is a really good question. Wow, that's cool. So give us the 411. What is the proper way? What's the best way to 
incorporate that scribe into AI? Um, well, uh, as I was looking to see, you know, because AI is a very new topic and mm -hmm. is getting a lot of focus right now, um, we did we did actually do a couple stat polls this year, just asking people like, what are they doing with AI in the healthcare setting? So before we tackle the AI scribe part, I decided just recap two of our stat polls. Um, but one of our stat polls asked a question around is how AI is being used in a healthcare setting um, or if it's being used in a healthcare setting. So we've had two. And in the um, September 5th poll, which we'll link to, we found that about 74% of medical practices have not added or expanded their use of AI tools yet. But in the 1024-23 um, poll, 80% uh, of medical group leaders say that the use of AI will become an essential skill set. So we know it's there. We know we need to talk about it. We know we need to know how to maneuver the AI world. And so the question by our member asking like, hey, we're adding an AI scribe through our EHR. Um, how do I deal with this? Do I need a informed consent? Do I need some kind of consent was a great question to um, send our way. And so um, what we need to remember is that patient consent requirements for the AI scribe in a medical practice can vary by specific practice and jurisdiction. Um, it is usually required for the use of any technology um, that involves collection, storage, or sharing of patient health information. So possibly having a patient consent for patient consent, either verbal or written, um, could be important, and I would highly suggest considering it. So um, the main piece when you're getting consent is to make sure that you clearly communicate to the patient that an AI scribe will be involved in their healthcare process. Um, explain the benefits, the purpose of using, and the potential risks of the AI scribe. And uh, make sure that you also explain to the patient how that data will be collected, stored, used, and how it will be protected, right? That's key. How will their data be protected? So um, it's also good to kind of cover in that consent, maybe what are their, what is the AI scribe's capabilities, limitations, and potential impact on their healthcare, and allow the patients to really ask some questions or address any concerns they may have. Okay. Um... That's going to take some education, I'm guessing. So talk about that uh, as far as educating patients, maybe even educating staff. I don't know. But what are the some best practices there as well? Sure. Um, I think it is important to educate the patients about the benefits of it, of using AI um, scribes and how it can enhance the quality of their care. Help them understand that, understand that the AI scribes are designed to assist healthcare professionals not replace them, just assist and improve efficiency, accuracy, and um, possible outcomes in all that. Um, maintain open lines of communication with the patient throughout that process and inform them of any changes or updates to the use of AI scribes so you can address any concerns that may arise. So that, and you are right, it's not only educating the patient and bringing awareness, but education, educating the staff as well. So how to communicate, how the staff should communicate with patients about it, but also so the staff feels comfortable in the use of it as well. Okay, so- And I think I'm it's, 
go ahead. No, I was going to say, and it's important though to give um, patients the option to opt out. So even through the education and the and offering the consent, um, give them a chance to decline the use of AI scribes if they feel uncomfortable with it. So respect their decision and provide alternative methods for documentation if necessary. Okay, so that opt-in, opt-out option does uh, give the patient some power there uh, so they can control some things as well. And that's one of the things that I was wondering about, maybe our listeners as well, but what about HIPAA regulations? Does that get involved here? I'm guessing that it does, but tell us about that. Yeah, um, in my research, um, we I have not found that the HIPAA or the Health Information Portability and Accountability Act for those that are fairly new um, in the United States does not specifically require patient consent for the use of AI scribes. However, it does require healthcare providers to have contracts in place with any third-party companies involved in the handling of patient data so that they make sure the patient information is protected. So that's key. So when you are working with these third-party vendors or you know your EHRs that are adding the software to do the AI dictation or scribing, um, mm-hmm. make sure you have a contract in place. Okay. So that initial question was talking about that AI uh, intersection with scribes, where you can use remote scribes, where you can use AI scribes. I mean, when to do that. So tell us about that. What's the kind of dividing line or what do you need to vet or look at to make that decision? Um, Well, when we talk remote versus uh, remote scribes, which are people um, versus AI scribes that are not, um, we we have to make sure that we do have, um, we may have different consent requirements so we know that remote scribes may require explicit patient consent due mm-hmm. to the potential violation of patient comfort and trust um, that are, are uh, as they are physically present during the visit or possibly remotely on the phone call during the visit. So there, there are a little bit different consents that possibly might be needed. And so you need to really be aware of that when you are um, developing your consent form or having that conversation with the patient and really getting them to feel comfortable with the whole situation, um, both either with remote scribing or in-person scribing or even AI scribing. Um, so those are some things just to remember as you're getting and building that trust and getting that consent. Okay. Earlier, you and I were talking about the education and awareness side of it. What about any training and certification? Anything there to look at? Um, Well, the AI, we know that AI is new and the Mm -hmm. AI scribing industry is still relatively unregulated. And that training and certifications may, requirements may vary among the different EHRs, the different um, scribing platforms that are out there that are being integrated into the EHR it is important for healthcare providers to ensure that any AI scribe technology that they use meets industry standards and safeguard patient data. So there'll probably be some kind of training around it. There may be some kind of certification that the industry may start implementing or requiring. Right now, it's still 
like I said, fairly unregulated. And so it's still a very new territory that everyone's trying to figure out how to work through. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting, the topic itself. I listened to probably three or four different podcasts over the Thanksgiving holidays about AI, about the ouster, and then bringing back the founder of uh, OpenAI, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Altman. I mean, that was fascinating yeah. to just see where even the people who are um, creating the, this, you know, this new world for us um, they can't even get on the same page about it. So it makes perfect sense that it's still sort of the wild west of any Mm -hmm. kind of AI regulation here in healthcare. So as we're signing off, what are some final thoughts and anything else our listeners need to think about if they're going to get involved with using, I guess, AI scribes or anything else along those lines? Well, I, a main thing that I, I personally feel is that even if you use an AI scribe, a physician still needs to review the documentation. They're still looking to make sure that it was correctly, um, it caught everything correctly, that it it didn't interpret anything, it didn't add anything. Um, it shouldn't, but you never know. This is a new territory. So you always still have a person that needs to be responsible for the review of that documentation, that record for that patient, and that will be that provider. Um, there will also important to remember are there are going to be specific requirements that you need to obtain for patient consents, and it may vary by local laws and regulations. So you really need to keep checking on that, see with your with with not only the HIPAA rules, but um, just your hospital if you're working with a hospital or any of those legal situations um, and entities. And you always should, if you're a private or or if you're part of a group, you always should make sure you consult with your legal and ethical experts to ensure compliance with your um, applicable guidelines that you follow, so. Yeah, well, that's awesome. So let's just give our listeners one more chance to know about resources, access, any way they may wanna get into Ask MGMA to provide questions. What else can you share with us about that? Um, Just, Feel free to go on and send us a question um, through Ask an Advisor or Ask MGMA, I mean, or you mm-hmm. can email advisor at mgma.com and um, happy to talk to anyone, email resources, um, you know, address any concerns, questions you guys have, even like you said, hopefully next year we do it live and can yeah. be working with people. That sounds great. All right. Well, Christy, thank you so much for joining for Ask MGMA. Thank you. All right. That is going to do it for our episode today. As Christy was saying, just uh, send an email to advisor at mgma.com or go to our website. You'll see that green button. I think it appears on just about every page, if not every page. Ask MGMA, big green button there on the screen. Click on it. You can get all kinds of information, whether it's to connect with Christy about these kinds of questions. You can also learn more about data, pretty much anything out there. If you've got a question, we're going to find somebody who can answer that for you. So until next week, thank you so much, everyone, for being an MGMA podcast listener. Most physicians don't have the opportunity 
to learn the business of medicine. What docs don't get taught, Physician Business Training is a course developed by MGMA and administrators from Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. This interactive course provides in-depth physician business training that can drive personal and organizational success. Purchase now for yourself or your organization at physicianbusinesstraining.com and earn eight hours of CME credit. Again, go to physicianbusinesstraining.com to purchase and to learn more.